This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Yes, Father, thank you that we can come to you and know that you are the rock that does not change, that does not move, that is eternal, on which we can build and know we will not be shaken. And Father, as we are here this morning, I pray that you will speak to us, that my words will fade away, but yours will remain. Because it's only your words that leads us to eternal life. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome everybody to our online service. We are online again and hopefully we will be able to meet again very soon. I'd like to share a few thoughts um, with you as I was praying this week. I just felt the Lord laid... um, John 14, verse 1 in my heart. And so the title of my sermon would be, Do Not Let Your Hearts Be Troubled. Jesus was sharing with his disciples for the first time uh, before his death at the Last Supper together. Always a powerful context to read what exactly was Jesus saying to his disciples in this context. Um, Jesus just washed his disciples' feet and Judas had just left the room. It's very interesting the things that Jesus shared with his disciples during this time. And um, here in um, chapter 14 from verse 1, Jesus says the following. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. And then at the end of this chapter, Jesus echoes these words again and he says, do not let your hearts be troubled And do not be afraid in verse 27. So Jesus starts off to share this this powerful thought that we would not allow our hearts to be troubled. And then he shares a number of things and he ends off again with this, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Hours later, of course, Jesus would be betrayed, arrested and crucified. Things would get very scary for his disciples from that point on. And and Jesus says to them, do not let your hearts be troubled. This word troubled in Greek uh, literally means to cause an inward commotion, to take away calmness of mind, to make restless, to stir up, to trouble, to strike one's spirit with fear and dread, to render anxious or distressed. And so Jesus says to us not to be troubled. We must not let our hearts be troubled. Jesus is actually commanding us not to allow our own hearts to be troubled. We need to to be mindful of the reality that our hearts can be stirred up. The inward commotion and the calmness uh, can be taken away And we can become restless and and fearful in our hearts. And and Jesus says we must not allow that to happen. He commands us not to let our hearts be troubled. 
This word hearts, the, the Hebrew understanding of this concept of one's heart is not the physical heart that pumps blood, but it, but it literally for them refers to our will, our mind, our consciousness, our emotions, and our understanding. It is the most innermost part of a man where emotions and desires begin that drives man's behavior. And Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. I think the timing and the context of Jesus' words are so powerful. From that point on, things would just get more difficult for his disciples. As a matter of fact, up to that point, they haven't yet physically, personally experienced persecution that was still awaiting them. Even the Christians that would read these gospels a few years later had far more um, severe circumstances to deal with than even a pandemic that we face today, they too would be hiding for their lives. And Jesus was saying to them as much as he's saying to us, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So how is this possible? How do we not let our hearts be troubled? There are four things that Jesus mentioned in chapter 14 from verse 1 to 27, how not to let our hearts be troubled. And I want us to look at these four things. How can we not allow our hearts to be troubled? Well, firstly, we start with verse 1. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus takes our focus away from the here and now and places it on God. Believe in Greek literally means to have faith in and to trust in. And, and Jesus is saying, trust in me. Have faith in me. Almost like when Peter walked on the water and, and, and he started to look at the winds and the waves, even though he started off in great faith, listening to God, putting his trust and faith in him, when Jesus said, come and walk to me, which was impossible, yet because of Peter's faith and trust in God, he stepped out of the boat walked on water, but then he started to look at his circumstances. He started to look at the winds and the waves and, and his faith started to fail him. And so to Jesus says, do not look to your circumstances, but look at me. Put your faith and trust in me. So the first thing that we need to do not to let our hearts be troubled is to put our faith and trust in God. The question we need to ask ourselves is, in what and in whom do we place our trust when we face the storms in this life? If we only trust in our own ability or have faith in things in this world, our hearts will often be troubled. And therefore Jesus says, put your faith and trust in me. Secondly, Jesus continues from verse 2. He says, my father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, I would not have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You see, first we need to put our faith and trust in God. And then Jesus moves our focus from the here and now to eternity, to his promises. Jesus takes our focus further away from the here and now and places it in, in eternity 
what is waiting for us, eternal life with God. Our greatest hope is not what we will gain in this life, but what we will gain for eternity. If our focus is only on this life and our current circumstances, our hearts will constantly be troubled. But if we put our trust in Him and move our primary focus, it's not a denial of the circumstances. It's, it's, it's not a denial of the reality around us, but it is where we put our hope, our goal, our end goal and purpose for life. Is our end goal and purpose for life what we gain here and now, or is our end goal what we'll have for eternity? And Jesus says we must not only put our faith and trust in Him, we must also put our heart, our expectation, our goal for life in eternity, not in this life then our hearts will not be so easily troubled by the things that does not affect eternity. You know, Jesus once said something powerful. He said, where your heart is, there your treasure will also be. No, that's not what he said. As a matter of fact, he said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And so often we think it is where our heart is, our treasure will be. But Jesus says, no, it is where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And so it's important for us to put our treasure, our end goal, our primary pursuit in eternity. Because if our primary pursuit and goal is in eternity, our hearts will also be there. And so Jesus encourages us how not, our, how not to allow our hearts to be troubled is to put our faith and trust in Him and to also put our treasure in eternity, to put our focus, our end goal there. The question we need to ask ourselves is, where do we accumulate? Where do we put our primary focus for life? Do we try to only accumulate wealth in this life or are we accumulating our treasures in eternity? Is our goal and our expectation and our longing for that what waits for us in eternity or is it in this life? Jesus continues with a third truth that helps us not to let our hearts be troubled. He continues in John 14 verse 15. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But, but you, you know Him for He lives with you and will be in you. So powerfully what helps us not to allow our hearts to be troubled or afraid is the fact that God has poured out His Holy Spirit within us, that, that God is with us in a very powerful way through His Spirit that lives within us. His Holy Spirit that came to help us. Ezekiel speaks of this great moment in Ezekiel 36 from verse 26. He says, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will remove your heart of stone and it will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and to be careful to keep my laws. 
You see, God has poured out His Holy Spirit within us to take out our heart of stone and, and give it a heart of flesh that, that, that moves us, that, that moves us to follow and to keep His commandments. The Holy Spirit is present with us, comforts us, and moves us to keep His word. Jesus continues in chapter 14, verse 25. He says, these things I've spoken to you while I'm present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I have said to you. It's so powerful, the Holy Spirit with us. He's called the helper. In Greek, it literally means the comforter. The Holy Spirit is there to comfort us when our circumstances threaten us, when it threatens to trouble our hearts. It's powerful when we listen to the Holy Spirit in those moments, when He, when he reminds us of Jesus' words, when He reminds us of His teaching. You know, it said here, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. It's in those moments facing the storm that we need to be reminded of the things that Jesus said, the promises that he made, and where our hearts and our treasures should really be. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit reminds us of God's word and his character. You know, when we wrestle within ourselves, it is that still small voice that presents God's way to us. It's often when, when I'm struggling within myself against my natural chain of thoughts, all of a sudden, a scripture comes to mind. A scripture that speaks right into the circumstances and the decisions that I need to make. It's as if the Holy Spirit at that very moment brings to remembrance that what Jesus said. And he presents to me God's way. And the amazing thing is when we choose to listen to that voice, when we choose to listen to the Holy Spirit, to obey the scripture and to follow God's way, that it gives us great peace and confidence in the midst of our circumstances. It is then that I find this great peace and confidence in life. And then Jesus continues to teach us to Bring us to my final point. In John 14 verse 21, he says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. I've mentioned this scripture often, but it is so true. One translation put it this way. It says, those who accept and obey my commandments. It is he who loves me. And my father will love him. And, and I will love him. And I will manifest myself to them. And that is so true. That, that if we accept his commandments and obey them. It's at that point where God manifests himself to him. You know what gives us greatest peace in the midst of a storm, is God's presence. And yes, He is with us through the Holy Spirit, but when we choose to accept and obey what He presents us as the way to life, it's when He manifests Himself in a very real way. It's then when 
we are most secure is in that place of intimacy with God when He reveals Himself to us more and more. It is when Jesus manifests Himself to me that I am most at peace. When He reveals more of Himself, His ways, and His love to me. It's at that place from intimacy that we are not troubled, but have peace. Jesus says these things, and then Judas, not Iscariot, the, the other disciples say to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the words which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. It's so powerful how Jesus explains how he manifests and how he will manifest himself to us again through accepting and obeying his word, which is an expression of our love and, and how he will come to us, be with us, make his home in us. It reminds me of Moses' prayer on the mountain where he says, Lord, Teach me your ways that I may know you. Knowing God through following his commandments. This place of intimacy. Craig last week shared so powerfully. It is from this place of intimacy of knowing that we cry out, Abba, Father. A place of security and knowing that we are loved by the Father. It is also from this place of intimacy that Jesus ends off. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So there are four things that we need to do to keep our hearts from being troubled. First, we need to have faith and trust in God. Then we need to put our focus on eternity. We need to be obedient to his word and to follow where it leads. And then fourthly, to have intimacy with the Holy Spirit, to have intimacy with God. It doesn't matter what you're going through or what you're having to face. If you follow these four things, your heart will not be troubled. It will cast out fear as it's filled with God's presence, his love, and His grace. It's these things that will cause your heart not to be unsettled or to be afraid. In this time of uncertainty and of many realities that we face and, and storms that we need to navigate through, I, want, I hope Jesus' words will be an encouragement to you. And I trust and know that the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance these things when our hearts are troubled, that will put our faith in Him that will put our hearts in eternity, that, that, that we will be obedient to His ways and that we will listen to the Holy Spirit. And from this place of intimacy, I trust that we will navigate this season uh, full of peace and joy in our God and Savior. May God bless you. Let us pray together. Father, I want to thank you that we can come to you this morning from our homes, restricted but not defeated. 
that we have access to you through your spirit, your presence, your word. Lord, we pray that you will continue to teach us. Lord, I pray that you will grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. That you will open the eyes of our understanding in this time that we may know what is the hope of your calling. What is the exceeding greatness of the inheritance that we have in eternity? And, and what is the, the power, the exceeding greatness of this power that lives within us? The same power that raised Christ from the dead. Lord, I pray that you will open our eyes of our understanding, Lord, that, that you will reveal yourself, that you will manifest yourself to us in this time, that we will not be afraid, but full of hope. And Lord, I pray that that hope will overflow to those around us, that you may be glorified as we become the light and the salt in this world, and that we may draw others, that we may be ready to give an answer to this hope that we have that is in you. And I thank you, Father, and I pray that you will protect us, Lord, that you will guide us, that you will be with us more and more as we continue to search and follow you. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. May God bless you, and I trust that you will have an awesome week as you continue in his presence and not allow your hearts to be troubled. Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.